Thank you so much, BBS Radio. We welcome you all if you're listening in online. Happy Sunday to you, May 20th, 2022, the Sunday morning with 22nd. the Elohim. 22nd of May, 2022. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we also we have the Elohim group that connect with us through Terry Brown and also the Ra group. And uh, it is Ra'an that is presenting those two groups and is providing the word. Happy Sunday. Thank you for being here. We wait for Winfrey and Terry Brown to call in to this conference call. I've got the next caller. Please say name and location. John from Las Vegas. Happy hi, Sunday, John. Welcome. Hello, hi. Everyone out today is Bitcoin. Terry. Uh, Terry and Stoneman. Welcome. Oh, hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi. Hi, Terry. Hello. Hi. He's feeling better. Hi. <laughs> Did everyone know today is Bitcoin right? today? Have you have you guys have you guys heard about the today's Bitcoin Pizza Day? Laszlo, okay, okay. Yeah, well, Laszlo Hanich uh, gave value to Bitcoin when he bought two pizzas for for ten thousand bitcoins to, uh, yeah. in May twenty May twenty second two thousand ten, twelve years ago. All right. We did have another person participate in the conference call. Welcome. If you want to, feel free to say name and location. Hey, positive greetings. Hi, from Sedona. It's Raiden. Welcome, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Hello, everybody. Uh, hi, here's uh, Demetrius, Massachusetts. Welcome. Welcome, Demetrius. Oh, hello. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi, Demetrius. Hey, you know, hi, good to have you. Did you know that, uh, Demetrius, you know today is Bitcoin Pizza Day? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but uh, it's very hot to get. It's 94. Wow. Oh. Wow. I thought right. you had someone else joined in. Yeah, we have a heat uh, wave uh, since yesterday. Yeah, here's wow. Roger and Austin. Good to have you, Roger. <laughs> Welcome, Roger. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Hi, Sister. Hi. So hang on, how many Celsius is that? Right. That's I think that's about forty-five, isn't it? Oh, it's thirty-five. It's not too bad. Ninety-five Fahrenheit, thirty-five Celsius. That's not good, but it's not forty. Yeah, it's very hot. Or, or fifty here, like uh, it gets in Vegas sometimes. Fifty Celsius. We had, we had thirty-five <laughs> in the UK a few years ago. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Welcome to the call. Please say name and location. Hi, this is Judy in Camp Verde, Arizona. Hello, Hello Judy. Welcome. Hi. Judy. Hi. Hi, Judy. <laughs> Hello there. And someone else join in? Feel free to say name and location. We welcome you. But of course, only if you want to. Thank you for being here. Now, at 35 Celsius, when you open the door, if you've got all the doors and windows shut, 
and outside it's 35 Celsius. When you open the door, Welcome it feels like an oven. Yeah, what's the location? Oh, hello, this is Angela. Good morning, good afternoon. Hi, Angela. Welcome, Angela. Yeah, here in New England, uh, the temperature goes up and down like a yo-yo. This morning was 66, and now it's 94. Imagine Good morning, everyone. It's Mike and Mary in Nebraska. Welcome, Mike and Mary. Happy Sunday. Hello, Mike and Mary. Thank you. Hi, Mike and Mary. Kelly, is we on this right? Yes. Yep. Uh, the other major, major comfort factor is the humidity, and that depends on what they yes. call the dew point. You know what dew point is? Mm, I've dew point heard is of the it temperature from at which, at which uh, the uh, moisture is 100% humidity. It can hold no more, and that's the dew point. Mm -hmm. Wow. So has anybody been out in 40 degrees Celsius? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me. <laughs> we get 50 Celsius here. <laughs> that is, that's, I, I, I just, I would die. I, I just wouldn't survive <laughs> that. I wouldn't go outside. That's more <laughs> than you do, boy. We'll be down around 20, though. <laughs> Someone else joined in. Happy Sunday. Welcome. Please share name and location. It's Wynn in Sedona. Happy Sunday. Hi, Wynn. Morning, Wynn. Happy Bitcoin Pizza Day, Wynn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pizza Day. <laughs> no, Bitcoin Pizza Day. <laughs> now, Terry is on the line? Yes. Okay. Well, let's get started, okay? And... um All right. Hi. Can you yes, mute, mute everybody? And I'm on my the, way. And it's the twenty. It's the twenty second. Right. Right. And it is right. And it is ten oh six real time. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. The recording has started. Hello, everybody. It's April twenty second, two thousand twenty two. My name is Lynn Free. May 22nd, 2002. Thank you. Thank you. Thank goodness for having a producer. <laughs> and um, this is our Sunday questions. Sunday with the Elohim, I think it's called. And as most of you Sunday know. Sunday morning. Sunday morning with the Elohim. And um, we have been communicating with a very high intelligence at the group soul that um, I have been asking questions to for 20 years about everything under the sun. Everything. We haven't missed a beat. Everything from the negative 
to Jesus, to um, where they came from, how the universe was created. And every Sunday, we have a live conversation with them. And those of you who are regulars, um, it's easy to get, uh, how can I say, so used to it. You don't realize how special it is, and it is special. It's very unusual to do something like this publicly, where anyone can listen. And if you're on BBS radio, um, then you're one of the special people who get to listen, because you tuned in, okay? Thank you for being here. And every Sunday, I, I have to think of a topic, and I question them on that topic. And sometimes when we get into it, I, I go off topic and go where, wherever the path leads. And um, my partner, Terry Brown, is channeling them. And Terry is kind of low energy today still. She's recuperating from something. Terry, are you there? Hello, Terry. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, good. You sound good. Okay. Okay. And anything you want to say? No, I'm conserving my energy. <laughs> okay. So, the topic I'm going to go into today are called cycles. And everything goes through cycles. The weather goes through cycles. The galaxies go through cycles. There are energies that pervade the universe that are constantly changing because of the way different things are arranged in the universe. And most of you know that right now our solar system is going through a cycle and it's because the, the galaxies are positioned in a certain way, which allows more energy to flow from source into our realm, which creates certain opportunities for us if we take them, okay? And then humans go through cycles based on a number of things. One of the things is astrological configurations. Another one is, uh, what do they call those three-day cycles? Um, I'll think of it. But another one is just in the course of our day, what we do puts us into a different frame of energy 
if we work, we know that we feel quite different at work, usually, than we do at home. And I'd like to particularly ask them about the cycles that humans go through and if there's any way to adjust them so that we stay at the higher end of our experience in this realm. And, like, sometimes we get depressed. Sometimes we're low energy. Sometimes we're high energy. And there's all these things that are impacting us that affect these cycles. And I hope we will learn about what they are this morning and how to cope with them. I know uh, those three-day cycles are called biorhythms. And uh, there's three different cycles laid on top of each other that go from high to low. And people don't talk about them much anymore. But at one point, lots of people were talking about them. And there's an emotional cycle, there's a physical cycle, and I forget the third one. I'll look it up. And we start this off by doing an invocation to bring their energies in and to protect our call from negative influences. I should mention, they don't just give information. When they come into the call, now they said this, but I know it's true because too many people feel it, including me. They are energetically present on the call, and they're paying attention to each person on the call individually. And some of you will notice a shift in your energy just because you're on the call. So, here we go. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect Terry and myself. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection 
while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We create a protective space. that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? And we don't hear Terry. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. And we take a moment and we set up our connections so that we are able to connect with each and every person on the line and uh, to directly be in contact with each and every one if they wish. If we ever say anything that doesn't make total sense, disregard it, as we are only here to assist and to make your life easier and more understandable and your evolutionary process a little more, a little easier. Do you have questions? Yes. Well... I assume you heard my topic for the day, cycles. And yes. before I ask a question, perhaps you could um, just give your own little introduction to that topic, if you like. We take a look at the solar system and we see that it has a cycle. It has a rotation. um, Earth rotates around the sun and it is seasonal. So this is uh, one of the cycles, the rotational cycle of the planets around the sun. There are huge rotational cycles of the galaxy. (coughs) The galaxy Um, rotates aspects within the galaxy have sub-rotations down to the place where atoms have rotational 
substance, it all works together like a clock. That is just a little bit. Okay, as all, as all these things rotate, you know, things that rotate, you could say they're rotating at a certain frequency. And yes. are they generating that frequency into the cosmos? They're co-creating it. But it, is it, it's the frequency of their rotation. Now, for example, there's multiple things going on with each object in the universe. For example, if we take our planet, our planet rotates every day on its axis in a 24-hour um, rhythm. So yes. it's going one cycle per 24 hours. Normally, cycles are related in seconds, like 10, 10 cycles per second or something. But the Earth is one cycle per 24 hours. But in addition to rotating simultaneously, it is making a path around the sun at a certain frequency, which is superimposed on the rotation. And the frequency that it cycles the sun in, in its, in its cycle around the sun, is one cycle per year, okay? 365 days. So while it is circling the sun, it's spin at, at one cycle per year, it's spinning on its axis at one cycle for 24 hours. Yes. And those are two separate frequencies. And... Do they intermingle with each other in any way? Well, we would say yes. Um, they are all a result of all of the components. Working together. Okay. And then simultaneously with the Earth going around the sun one cycle per year, we have every other planet in our solar system doing the same thing with their own unique frequencies. Right. You know, we have we have Mars, we have Venus, we have Pluto, and every planet 
I would assume, spins on its axis at a certain frequency and is also moving around the sun at a certain frequency. Is that correct? Yes. And then we have, we as humans are on the earth and we're moving on these frequencies of the earth around the sun and the earth on its axis. And simultaneously, we have a body that's filled with spinning things cycling, atoms, molecules, etc. Um, and and everything is interacting. All the frequencies of everything are interacting at the point of our physical location where we exist. Is that accurate? That's correct. Right. And it affects us. Being in the middle of all this spinningness, it affects us. It probably affects our mood, our energy, our health, our emotions. And uh, it's the reason astrology works. Because we are in, in the middle of all of these changing frequencies. And I, I would assume that these frequencies also affect our DNA. Yes? The DNA is uh, coordinated with it. Yes. So we go through cycles, or one, one aspect of cycles that a human goes through is being in the middle of the cosmos and all of the frequencies that are moving in the cosmos. Now, do the, do the planets that are closer to us, is their impact stronger than the planets that are more further away? Oh, that is correct. That is correct. Because that would mean the, the 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 frequencies that are generated by galaxies, and I didn't mention this, but not only do we have the sun and all the planets, all, all the planets moving around the sun, but we have our entire solar system moving in a galactic motion, and does it move around the galactic center, the solar system? How how would you express the way that it moves? It is affected by its position uh, with other stars and galaxies, and um, it... um, is the resultant connection 
um, all of the stars and um, all of the heavenly bodies. And um, it changes at various seasons where the heavenly bodies are changed in their connection with the bodies in the solar system. And and when I think about it, it looks to me like it's a giant universe, a giant organism. And there's all of this spinning that makes up the organism. And the organism is an aspect of the one infinite creator. Could we say that? Everything is an aspect of the one infinite creator. Yes. Okay. So if a human wants to learn about these cycles then the study of astrology would be the way to understand the cycles of the planets and the galaxies. Is that accurate? Could we say that? Would you say that again? If we want to understand how all of these spinning bodies affect us as humans, the motion of the sun, the motion of Mars, the motion of the moon, the spinning of the moon, um, then we could learn about that through astrology. Is that is that accurate? Astrology um, is a study that can help uh, you uh, determine cycles and uh, how cycles will affect the Earth and you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. You know, years ago, I studied astrology, but I was more of a scientific bent, and my mind couldn't understand, begin to understand, how astrology could work, because uh, it didn't make sense how something so far away could impact our life in a very profound way, except I proved to myself that it worked because I started doing charts, but I still didn't know how it worked. And what we just discussed is a overarching look at the motion of everything in the universe and how it affects us and how we are part of those cycles. And 
when we're born, when we're born, and according to astrology, when we're born, our something in our body, it's probably our DNA, takes in this entire huge hologram of frequencies and motions that are in the universe. It takes it in and creates a model of it that stays with us our entire life. So we are holding... Now, I'm going to ask this as a question. I'm saying it and saying, am I right? Uh, we're holding the configuration of the universe at the moment we're born. And we hold yes. that configuration for the rest of our life. I mean, yeah, it can be changed. It can be changed? Yes. Okay. Now, when you, when you meet another person or spend time with another person, they have their unique configuration of the universe embedded in their body. And is it, uh, let me just ask, is it the DNA that holds these configurations? No, it, it is deeper. The DNA works with it all. Can you explain what holds the configuration, if it's possible to understand that? It's so complex. Takes you look at the configuration of everything as it is born to give a localized idea of where they are at and how to organize and coordinate with their uh, surroundings. Mm-hmm. So it's the soul complex that holds the configuration. Right. But when you die, <laughs> when you die, does the soul complex then let go of that configuration? And eventually when it takes a new body, it takes a new configuration. And the soul complex um, realizes the body has died. Mm -hmm. It um, begins to uh, seek new orientation. Mm hmm. And the configuration starts to dissipate that it had that lifetime. Right. Now, the other things don't dissipate. 
In other words, your soul, like for example, if, if you have certain talents and you reincarnate, you will have access to those talents. Doesn't mean you have to access them. You don't have to um, do anything with them. You don't even know they're there. Like I remember one time myself, I I picked up a guitar when I was in high school in somebody's living room, and it was an old Sears Silvertone guitar. And I just started strumming on it. I said, I wonder if I could learn this. And I bought it from the guy for not very much money. And eventually, I found out that I had innate musical talent. And uh, I identified that as a professional, in a professional way for a while, writing songs. And uh, later I learned that I was a troubadour a thousand years yes. ago and that that those talents for that guitar did not, or for music, did not dissipate with the end of a life and going into another series of lives. It was still there innately, even if I never knew it or accessed it. Is that an accurate way of understanding it? Yes. Okay. So we have the vibrational configuration of the planets and the galaxies which dissipate from one lifetime to the next but we have other things which don't dissipate and that stay in your matrix from one lifetime to the next, whether you access them or not. And then another thing about all of this is because you're carrying around a configuration in your soul complex, and you meet someone else who has their unique configuration in their soul complex, then those two separate configurations of the universe will come together and interact with each other and create new potentials. Am I, am I accurate here? In a rough way, yes. Mm -hmm. Like uh, some of the things, uh, like this person has a, a, a big talent with playing the guitar one life, they might not... Uh, bring that in in the next life uh, or the night. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it depends on their 
will and the desire and the excitement towards the subject. Mm-hmm. Now, these astrological cycles, I think they're different than, say, I use the word karma. I'm not sure it's the best word, but karmic cycles. And what I mean to say by that, in in one lifetime, you may have had a certain relationship with someone, and of course you were experiencing the planetary interactions in that lifetime. And when you die, you... Um, the planetary connection dissipates. And if you're in a next lifetime or another lifetime and you meet that same person, the relationship will come together again, but not necessarily under the same planetary configurations. In fact, it would be very unlikely that they came together under the planetary configurations. So you'd have the same things to work out that you were working out in the past life, but with new planetary configurations and new astrology, astrological configurations. And so it would work out slightly differently or majorly differently because you're in those new configurations. I think that's a yes. Is that a yes? Um, You follow what I'm saying? I know Terry's a little tired, so... um, Could you repeat it, please? Yeah. Okay, let's suppose you have a past lifetime, and you have a certain planetary configuration, which is called your astrological chart, and someone else has a certain planetary configuration, which is called their astrology chart. And within the within those charts, there'll be a unique set of connections between you and the other person. Yes. That um, would that could create affinity or create a disruption, but it would be unique, and it would it would be something you'd be working out your entire life. Yes. Okay. But when you die, uh, you don't, those planetary configurations are going to dissipate. They were only active while you were embodied and engaged while you were embodied. And the astrological. But you may have really ground them in. Uh, during the lifetime, and so they may have, in a way, a life of their own. In other words, they could repeat in the next life? 
they could carry over. And how would that affect the particular configurations of that life? In other words, you're born at a certain time, you have the configurations of that time. And then you have the carryover of the previous life as well. Give us a moment. One can have a carryover of a previous life if the configurations uh, change. Um, then they would then the uh, resonance to it, and it would be something that would be uh, worked out based upon what the person was remembering and had really uh, set an action into his life, and. It would be uh, the new resonances would, would intermix. You know, I'm re- I'm reminded about something in astrology that there was something called the South Moon Node and the North Moon Node, which were positions in a chart. And the South Moon Node had to do with things you mastered in your past lives. Uh-huh. And the North Moon Node had to do with things you were developing this lifetime, learning about new new things to experience. Yeah. And is what you're talking about where two people have a relationship in a life and there's a carryover, is that carried over in that South Moon node? I don't know if you're familiar with the South Moon node of the intricacies of astrology. So no. Maybe I should leave that as just we a hanging question. We would say uh, they would uh, be carried over in uh, the ways that their soul complex had adjusted to their life um, in that last life, and then got used to acting in certain ways, and some of that carries over. It doesn't simply change with the new birth. There are carryovers. In other words, there's a sole memory of how the people interacted yes. in the past life. Yes. And when you meet when you meet again it awakens the soul memory. Yes. And you are interacting according to the configurations of that time. Yes. So within within the soul memory 
is the reiteration of the configurations. Yes. Something, something like that. Okay, yes. that makes sense. And why is it that everything is configured at the moment of birth? I mean, there's, there's three moments here that I can think of. One is the moment of conception, when the sperm meets the egg, and suddenly you have a growing fetus, okay? The second uh-huh. moment is when the new soul actually occupies the fetus, which, is, which I'm not sure is at the moment of birth, but it can happen before that. Right. And the, the third one is the moment of birth. Okay. Well, at the moment of birth, then you have the whole body uh, that is uh, in the um, full spectrum of uh, the location, the um, not just the physical location, like uh, at Ninth and Main, but uh, the location of uh, the the sun and the moon and the stars. It, it is all like an orientation towards the soul. Okay, here's where you are now. Mm-hmm. Did Terry and I ever have a previous lifetime where we did anything similar to what we're doing this lifetime? It was more simple where you were trying to teach Terry how to move a distant object how to influence a distant object. And uh, she tried and tried, but was unable to do it. And so uh, you gave up. <laughs> I gave up. Now, you know, yeah. I, I, do, I do believe, and we mentioned this before, that Terry and I are both very old souls, Okay. And we've had a huge amount of experience. How is it that two old souls can have such divergent manifestations? Like within the nature of the beginning of the being, was there the seed of the, the manifestation a million years down the line? Or was it just based on the unique experiences we had as we went down the track? Well, you both had similar um, inquiry into metaphysical things. We both had similar... Can you say, say that again? You both had similar inquiry into metaphysics, 
that how things worked and what was going on. And you both had similar interests. If you take a look, both of you were ham radio operators. Both of you enjoyed talking with people at a distance on the ham radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of you were looking into metaphysically how things worked. You had similar Mm -hmm. interests. But we're very different. The The way she operates is incredibly different than the way I operate. Yes. And and the way that she processes things is incredibly different than the way that I process things. Yes. But we do have a convergence, okay? Yes. We, we both want to contribute to the evolution of people and to the planet. And... Um, we both want to know how everything works. Right. See the big picture. <laughs> yeah. So it's really fun interacting with her. And it's great to see, uh, to create the opportunity for her to, um, have her gifts, I'm calling them gifts, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'll have her gifts be able to impact so many people in a positive way. Yes, we work very well together. Yeah. So, um, okay, going back to cycles, I was talking about astrological cycles and galactic cycles and planetary cycles. And then when when you connect with another person, you have a whole new set of cycles in in gear because you have their... I, I mean, it's so complex, you can't really ever understand it. Maybe you can understand it because you can do the mathematics of it all. But you have the other person and your previous configuration with them somewhere in your soul matrix. And then you have your present interaction. And they're both operative. And who knows how many other past life configurations that are in there that are also operative that make a very complex set of potentials. And uh, am I looking at that in the right way? Well, hologramic, everything combines together. Everything has its own addition, and and, uh, the result is uh, a specific result. Yes. Now... There's other cycles that humans go through. I go through cycles of sometimes I'm withdrawn, sometimes I'm outgoing, sometimes I am 
more depressed and sometimes I'm more joyous. And um, sometimes I'm more powerful and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I feel like I can influence people and sometimes I feel like it's much more difficult to influence other people. And what are these cycles? And I'm assuming that other people go through similar cycles in their own unique way. What is it that causes these cycles? Um, it seems to me sometimes I'm working out past life patterns and I'm releasing them. And uh, what causes them to come up at a given moment of time? And other times I'm totally in the moment and I'm operating totally freewheeling in the moment. And, and uh, I feel like I'm co-creating with the universe. It depends on uh, how you connect with your life at the moment. Like, um, have your needs been met? Um, are you yearning for your certain needs to be met? Um, does your body need hydration? It all works together. In other words, if we're talking about connecting to higher aspects, it can be harder to connect with higher aspects of your being if you're not dealing with your lower aspects. That's correct. Your lower and chakra. the lower aspects can, um, and the moods can then. Uh, in, 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 interfere. Mm -hmm. I remember one teacher I had talked about something called the basic self and he was relating it to a part of yourself which was al almost alive that was dealing with your lower nature and said it was located in your solar plexus and said it could be a male or a female and have, you know, different uh, um, polarities in that way. Or I guess receptive. Or, but he wasn't talking about your whole being. He was talking about your basic self. Is, yeah. that, a, is that an accurate way of Understanding your nature in that area? Your body uh, has certain needs, and um, your chakra in the area helps to express those needs. Uh, in other words, it's part, it's part of the functioning of the body. The body right. has its... It's own nature, okay? Right. Every, right, and, and, and you need to learn to integrate it. Yeah, and you can't, if you deny it, you're going to 
screw yourself because then it becomes harder to access your higher nature. People are always asking this about, you know, how do I do this? How do I get the chakra open? How do, how do I do this? But oftentimes they think they can do it without dealing with their lower nature. And, and I think that if you deny your lower nature, it becomes much harder, if not impossible, to access your higher nature. Okay? There's better it's kind of how to work with it. Yes. Like Shakespeare said, does thine own self be true? Uh-huh. And, and um, it's a matter of understanding yourself. And my experience is that sometimes you have to experiment to see what works. Sometimes it's not clear what is working for you. And if you don't experiment, you'll keep repeating the same cycle and find it to be, um, you know, just impossible to uh, get through, an obstacle. You know, I keep repeating this pattern. Why do I keep repeating this pattern? Uh, why do I reject myself? Why does nobody love me? Why am I tired all day? And all of those kinds of things could be an aspect of denying your lower nature. Um, and I think, is that correct? Would you say? Well, it's more complex than that, but... Um, it, it people's lower nature. It, it it's a real mastership to learn how uh, it, it, to work with it. Mm-hmm. And of course, somebody that's listening is saying, "Gonna say, okay, I'll go along with that." How do I master my lower, lower nature? Well, so I might as well ask it for them. Each person has a different lower nature. Like, perhaps uh, one person has studied how to... Um, be uh, celibate his whole life. And he would have different um, things he was working with on that. Another person maybe just let it all hang out. And then he may have different control problems. It's an individual thing. Does your does your lower nature move with you 
from one lifetime to the next? I can. Mm-hmm. What would cause it to move with you, and what would cause it not to move with you? If one has it as being integrated in your life, it would move with you. Mm-hmm. But if it was not integrated, you could have your higher nature move and then it has to develop a new lower nature. Right. So it's almost like it's a separate being. Right. Which is kind of how that one teacher described it. Didn't say it exactly like that, but he called it a basic self. He called it, mm-hmm. he would describe right. it, it was like this little kid that was <laughs> demanding all the time. You know? And... Uh-huh. Um, and that you had to, you couldn't just ignore it and say, oh, that's a bad part of me, or I don't want to deal with that, you know, because right. then it will, it will get louder and louder in screaming. And I can actually see how that part of your nature could be masculine or feminine, and your higher nature could also be masculine and feminine, and they may uh-huh. not match. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So somebody could have a male body and a female lower nature, and vice versa. Right. Correct. And uh, and they have to cope with that. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Now. Um, how about you know? I, I meant I I I brought this up at the very beginning, and I was talking about biorhythms, and I'm not sure you're familiar with that word biorhythms. But at one point, well, we're familiar with the like a woman they have her period uh, each month on a certain. Uh, schedule, and this uh, we would consider part of the biorhythm. Is that correct? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I'm just looking it up because, as as I recall, it was a a three day cycle. Okay, that people go through. Let me see. I'm just looking it up now. I'll read something about it. Okay, biorhythm. Hang on, just a second. Just linking to it. The biorhythm theory is that our daily lives are significantly affected by rhythmic cycles with periods of exactly 23, 28, and 33 days. Typically, a 23-day physical cycle, a 28-day, <coughs> excuse me, a 28-day emotional cycle, and a 33-day 
intellectual cycle. The idea was developed by some guy in the late 19th century and was popularized in the United States in the late 1970s. The proposal has been independently tested and consistently no validity for it has been found. Okay, you know what, maybe I should just skip this. I mean, they call it a pseudoscience that somebody developed, but here, I'll read a little more. According to the theory of biorhythms, a person's life is influenced by the rhythmic biological cycles that affect his or her ability in various domains, such as mental, physical, and emotional activity. These cycles begin at birth and oscillate at a steady sine wave fashion throughout the life, and by modeling them mathematically, it is suggested that a person's level of ability in each of these domains can be predicted from day to day. The theory is built on the idea that the biofeedback chemical and hormonal secretion functions within the body could show a sinusoidal behavior over time. So, in other words, there's the physical, emotional, and intellectual that each go through short cycles of three days, high and low, and long cycles of 23, 28, and uh, 33 days, I think, and 33 days. But, um, I mean, when I was younger, people were all talking about that. And, And I'm reading from Wikipedia, and they say, when they've tried to investigate that, they never found any evidence of it. And so, um, do you have any additional take on that other than what I just said? No, they don't, they don't say what it relates to. They don't say why you go through these cycles. They just say people go through it, you know? And... uh I don't know how the guy got the idea, but everyone was talking about it in in the seventies. Okay. So but astrological cycles are real, right? Correct. And then we could there's also something which are sexual cycles that um when you have sex, you go through a certain period of cycle afterwards, and um, your mood changes, your mood goes down, um, etc. It affects you in a cyclical way, and this works whether you have sex with someone else or you, 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 you know, the quality of sex, the quality of the interchange is, is a complex um, exchange of energies between you and another person 
it creates a cycle um, afterwards that um, can you make any comment about that the understanding of that Give us a moment. No, not at this time. Yeah. Is that something, <laughs> since you, you don't have bodies, it's hard to address? You know, the Raw Group talked about this to Carla Rucker and uh, Jim McCarty. And they were, they were saying that sex, they were actually recommending them to have sex before they did a channeling. And I would guess it had something to do with harmonizing their lower natures so that they could get them out of the way and have a better connection. Yes. Is that the explanation? Well, it's deeper than that. It's like a man and a woman, they give uh, energy to each other. Uh, they give insight. Uh, they help um, a person sustain themselves. So, um, it, it is a broader aspect of getting to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, you said a man and a woman. Would it matter if it was a man and a man or um, self-service? No, we do not... Um, wish to delve deeper into in. that. Okay. All right. Okay. So, does someone have, okay, concerning astrology, going back to astrology, there were definitely times in my life when I was studying astrology and I was having these remarkable astrological synchronicities. And, um, and I was pretty dumb at the time, metaphysically. I mean, I mean, everything was just a state of wonder. Like, how could this work this way? Like, sometimes I would know somebody's sign... And I could feel an energy inside me. And, and when I looked them up, they were reacting to an astrological configuration in myself, which was causing certain buttons to go off. Like, for example, um, if I met a woman who was born May 28th, it meant her Venus 
was in six degrees, yeah, six degrees of Gemini. <laughs> and no, no, her son was six degrees of Gemini, and my Venus was in six degrees of Gemini, and I would start to swoon and have that feeling of spooning. Uh-huh. And after a while, I could, I, I one time stopped somebody on the street and said, are you a Gemini, May 28th? Because I was passing them, and I felt that swooning energy. <laughs> and, and I was right. It kept happening. Now, I don't keep track of astrology anymore. And um, so I don't know if that's happening now. I don't pay attention. But I was amazed, that, it, that it, and I didn't understand it. I, I was amazed that it worked this that way. And I still barely understand it. Okay, maybe I understand it a little better now. But um, nonetheless... Uh, I'm sure I'm ex- explaining that right, but do you have any comment on it? <laughs> Give us. Resonances are set up based upon the days, the birthdays, our resonances are so from person to person, they're the same. So Mm -hmm. when you are looking at one person and uh, you are seeing the resonances, then it is the same from person to person, and um, you would be able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And then I got the idea that there were times when I was operating above astrology, that I was going into a higher level of connection or synchronicity that was beyond astrological resonances. Yes. And and if that's true, could you explain that and how that works and what happened that caused that to occur? There are cycles above cycles. So that um, you were looking at certain cycles um, and you were seeing beyond what was responsible for the cycles beyond and the resonances beyond. Now, if a person goes into a high degree of service, does that cause them to move above 
the lower nature cycles, potentially. It might or might not. Mm-hmm. It either does or doesn't. Mm-hmm. And can you explain what, why it would and sometimes and why it wouldn't in other times? Is it possible to explain that? When you are looking at a situation and you are seeing all the resonances of it, you are seeing all of the hologramic inputs. Um, Sometimes it fits and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can say that I've had a lot of synchronicities in my life, and I could never, in my conscious mind, control a circumstance to bring about synchronicity. Okay. It is beyond control. It is not only resonance uh, within your sphere, but resonance uh, within another sphere that uh, get together. Mm Mm-hmm. And I used to think when I had them that God must be guiding me in some way. And then I came to the conclusion that it was part of me that was guiding me and creating that, but way beyond my conscious control. And um, and it could have been higher sources helping to provoke those, because at different times the Elohim said that when you connect with them, or you, that you have may have more synchronicities, but right. and it's it's not. Let, let me see if I can phrase this right. It's not that you're creating the synchronicities for me. It's that I have accessed a higher part of myself through the connection with you that allows those synchronicities to occur. Is that a better well, way of it, looking it, at it? It is, it is the um, basics. Either the synchronicity is there and the focus is bringing it in uh, so that um, if we picture a... Um, a top, and the top is resonating, and and another top, and the, and the two tops are resonating, so that um, once they're both resonating, it creates an opportunity for a synchronicity.
But they have to be in the same location so they meet each other. We look Am at I, it as the, the synchronicity is uh, beyond a physical location. Well, 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 let me give you an example of one of the most astounding synchronicities that I had. And that right. was, I told this story before, but I'll ask the question while you're on the line. I was taking a walk. I used to take a walk in Venice, California, two or three times a week. And um, it was a very hot day. And I passed by this bar. And I had the impulse to go in and get a drink, which I'd never do. And I'm sitting at the bar, and um, I'm having a beer. And this woman sits next to me, and she starts drinking. And uh, and she was all into jazz, and she was fascinated that I was a musician. And she took me home with her, which never happened before or after, and um, I liked her, and I, I saw her, I kept seeing her, and and about a month later, she moved into a condo that her girlfriend owned, and she rented a room in kind of a luxurious building in Marina del Rey, and I left her, her unit one day, probably maybe two weeks after she moved, or three weeks, I don't know, and I walked by, I walking down the corridor, and I walked by the unit next to hers, and there was an envelope on the door that I glanced at that was addressed to Brian Holland, and Brian Holland was a guy that I had made a relationship with who was a very famous, legendary songwriter. And and we had a certain chemistry between us that was just developing. And in this city of millions of people, in this deluxe apartment building with 600 units, she's living next door to him. And I've gone over in my mind how that happened, because it seemed like an impossible miracle. And I said to myself, when I thought about this, that part of me knew that she was in the bar and that I had some kind of connection, chemistry with her. And it impulsed me to walk into the bar and I followed my intuitions, and I must have also known that she had a girlfriend that lived next door to Brian Holland, and that um, uh, that I would end up having that that happen to walk by his his door, and there was an envelope addressed to him scotch tape to the door. Now, I don't know if that's the right analysis. And um, 
I just thought I would ask you about that. See if you can give me the right. If we pan out to the whole scene, the synchronicities that coincidences are right there operational. Mm -hmm. All of them are operational at the same time. And the more connection, the more synchronicities are operating, then that is going to pull you into the scene in a bigger way. They're all operating at the same time, and you don't see them. No. But, yeah, they're all working there to connect. That means, let me just try to say it in a different way and see if I can get your agreement, that I was was randomly taking a walk and I randomly walk into a bar, and it actually was not random. That some part of me was impulsed to walk into the bar to create that whole scenario. Right. So that some part of me knew it, but not at a conscious level. Not at a conscious level. All of these doctors were operating at the same time. Yeah. And that I was just following a random, what seemed to be a random decision, but it really was not a random decision, right? There were all these underlying influences. Yeah. And all those possibilities. And I think this is an important thing. Seeking connection. Yes. They were all seeking connection. It's an important principle because the first thing was willing to follow the impulse and not say to myself, well, I don't drink. What am I doing going into a bar? Right, and it's like there's there's probably a lot of opportunities for people that they never make because they don't follow those random impulses. Right, and that if they took more chances and not expecting something to happen, but do things that are out of their normal box of activities, then they create something to occur. I mean, you know, when I met Daphne, I remember I was writing articles for a metaphysical magazine, and they were paying me, and I could interview people and make $150 a day. And I was writing one article a month. And there was this expo in Monterey where all these luminaries were going to be speaking. 
And I said to myself, Jesus, I could go there and interview 10 people and make $1,500. And I asked my editor if, that w- if she would go along with that, and she said she would. And so I drove to Monterey, and I had an old clunky car. It was taking a chance doing that. And in fact, if I recall, my car actually broke down somewhere. And it had a serious engine problem. I had to leave it there where it was. And I forget how I got back to L.A. But when I walked into that conference in Monterey, there was this beautiful woman staring at me. And I looked at her and I said, do you know me from somewhere? She said, you remind me of a writer that I had a crush on. And I said, I'm a writer. I'm writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey." And she said, I love Edgar Casey." And I said to myself, this is going to be trouble. And we met for coffee in the lobby of the hotel. And there was a piano there. And I ended up singing her songs, a song, one song. And it was like a moment out of a movie because everyone in the lobby got up and clapped. And a month later, she moved to L.A. and that was Daphne. And of all the um, impossible things that put that together, including driving my old funky car to Monterey. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be talking to you right now. And uh, I assume the same explanation would be the same as when I walked in, went into that bar in, in, in Marina del Rey in Venice. And uh, met that woman, and it was going off on the limb in a random way and having that association. And is there anything you you can say about that? You uh, had a lot of under... uh, out of view influences from the past that were operating to bring this together. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I recall, uh, is that she she wasn't going to go to this event, and um, and she almost didn't, and. Most of the time, she didn't even go see the lectures. She was just hanging out. And uh, I think her girlfriend went with her, and that's what caused her to go. But I wanted to share that story, these two stories, because I think people who are listening may have this opportunity 
to have synchronicities that they that they don't take. Like maybe there's a, a lecture you want to attend and you think you should attend it, or a workshop, or go to some church on a Sunday, anything, and pay close attention to the underlying impulses when you're looking at those things, because therein could be the synchronicities or the synchronicity that could change your entire life, okay? Right. And um, and people don't... I You know, in, in both those situations, I, I was so close to not doing it, and I did it, you know? And... Uh, and my car broke down. <laughs> I did have to abandon my car in Fremont, California. And I think we are ready to go to our healing list. And every day, every Sunday, is Terry doing any better now? She seems like she's doing better after the session. We, we are... Um She is very tired, but mm-hmm. continue. Okay. So is um, CJ there? I am here. And hey, did you get anything out of that session we just did? Yes. Yes, I did. But I'm also concerned that Terry is very, very tired, and there's a lot of people on the healing list that are putting in double, more than one request, so I have to say this to you guys now, please forgive me, because I'm only going to read one of your requests, and probably the first thing that you've put on your list. And, you know, if we come to the end of the call, we can, you can read, there's other requests, but Terry won't comment on it, okay? Yes, well, perhaps that's a good idea. If we have how many people are on the list? Eleven. Eleven. And we have... Okay, let's cut it off there and not add any more. Okay. Yes. And we should finish closely on time. And if you're listening on BBS, we are going to cut off on BBS in 20 minutes. But if we didn't get to everybody, we will continue on the line for the people that are on the phone line. And on that note, I turn it over to CJ. Thank you. I'd like to call in the love light of protection around Terry and Wynne, myself, 
and eyes and each and every person listening to this call, listening to the replay, each and every person that is a subject of the healing list. Ejna from Snohomish. Dear sources, this is a special request to help Terry to complete the heal. This is a very special request, not just from my side, but from all of us. We love Terry dearly, and we wish her to be always in her best health. Thank you very much for the support. Thank you. Thank you. We double, triple, send it all. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you. Joe from New Mexico. I see all my prayers. I have ever prayed that honor the free will and highest and greatest good of all come to fruition now. I see Mother Earth receiving all assistance needed to fully own her ability to control the weather system herself. I see all negative brain rewiring stop and its effects fully reversed now. I call on the whole of the positively orientated universe to offer a prayer for a well-being of our beautiful Mother Earth, our human family, our flora and fauna, and all the sentient beings. So it is. Thank you. Thank you. We send prayers for each of those things over all aspects of them. Thank you. Thank you. Bonnie, sufficient rain for the Western States. Thank you. Thank you. We take a moment and we put our prayers behind yours. Thank you. Thank you. Shirley Odenweller from Columbus, please put me into the, the light for strength and healing to move from this parasitic, mite-infested apartment complex. Thank you. Love and light to all. Thank you. It is easy to envision a very clean, neat, environment for you. Thank you. Thank you. Sita from England. Thank you to all of our beautiful friends in the higher realms for co-creating with us and helping us to manifest a beautiful new reality. I put into the love light any of my previous prayer requests that are important for the highest and greatest good. Thank you for protecting Mother Earth and for setting any negative agendas off course. Thank you. Thank you. 
we take a moment and we thank all of your previous requests with um, the activation of this current response. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for mass worldwide adoption, for privacy, and for them to be used as a monetary system that is free from capital gains tax and free from surveillance. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easy easier for people to use and understand. Thank you. We see that certain cryptocurrencies uh, have are more utilitarian than others. Certain ones are able to be adopted more easily. And we see certain agencies are working flat out to make cryptos easier. Thank you. Thank you. Alan from Keyport, New Jersey. I am so grateful to you, my dear and loving friends. So I am taking this opportunity to encourage all who hear this will embrace the love light, not only for yourself, rather for all. I know you do not wave a magic wand, but magic and miracles that manifested in my life when others who embrace the Christed consciousness placed my issues in the love light did and were resolved in a peaceful and loving resolution. Is this what caused the desired hologram to be and the aforementioned manifestations? My desire now is to know how to expand and embrace the truth, truths you continue to reveal and to do so for the highest and greatest good of all by truly embracing the Christ consciousness in love and gratitude. Alan, thank you. Thank you. Every little bit helps. Every time you put something in the light, it adds to the hologramic outcome which you are seeking. Thank you. Thank you. Bonnie from Corona, California. Love light and healing grace to my dear friend, um, Michelle Sanchez of Corona, who is near Reno, Nevada, today. Thank you. She is near what? She is near... um, Near Reno, Nevada today. Thank you. Reno. 
I'm yes. what is to request for her? Um, healing. Love, light, and healing grace to my dear friend, Michelle Sanchez. Thank you. We have done that. Thank you. Bonnie, um, um, Joyty, um, I'm just going to read one. Joyty from Ishiqua. How can I close the portal you said is open in my inner being? Thank you. In, in your inner being, when you are working in your inner being, it is very easy uh, for negative to come through. And how can you close that? When you are working in your inner being, it is hard to close that. Um, You can ask that it be closed, and you can be aware that in your working in the inner being, that negative aligned influences can gain access easily, and they do not have the same integrity as. Um, normal humans. So be very aware when you are working in the inner realms and ask for uh, guidance on how to keep the negative influences out. Thank you. Ken Stockler from Mississauga. My friend Tino Zerbinati in Thunder Bay, Ontario uh, for healing energy for his heart issue. Thank you. Thank you. We seek to clear his field of negative influences to do with the heart. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Terry. That is the last person on the list. Thank you to our sources. Thank you to Hi. Thank you to Wynn. Thank you to everyone on the call. Much love to you, Terry. May you feel full of energy. Thank you. Well, thank you all for being on the line today and listening. And um, we have four minutes. And I think we'll unmute the lines. And if anyone wants to say anything about the call we just did, I'd love to hear it, how it impacted you. Um, 
Here we go. All participants are unmuted. Ben, it's Judy. Hi, can you hear me? I hear you. Okay, well, first of all, Judy in California, I want to send so much love and grace and gratitude and upliftment to Terry in her healing. And um, stay with us, Terry. Stay with us. You're very loved. Okay? I wanted to say that. And then I want to talk about synchronicity. I have magnificent displays ongoing of synchronicities beyond... um, Everybody loves their own synchronicities, like their own dreams and their own whatever. I'm just sharing this for a reason. My synchronicities astound me. But but I must say, when the most important part about synchronicities is divine will, divine grace, divine source, God Almighty, I bow to that source that animates my life and lets me know that it's there with ongoing synchronicity in this 3D world. So I just wanted to mention that. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. We want to hear your synchronicities now. <laughs> <laughs> This is Roger. Uh, I just got missed on the list. I submitted my healing request at 11.35, and I guess uh, CJ didn't get it, get the list refreshed in time. So I wonder if you could take a look at it, and uh, we still got a couple minutes, so I appreciate it. Um, oh, Roger, we cut the list off because Terry um, oh, uh, needs a lot of work. Roger. Roger, yeah. Why don't you just say it? Yes. And Terry, Terry won't respond, but it'll get into it'll go into the field. Okay. Well, for okay for pretty much all my life, uh, I have been unable to connect, connect with the spiritual realm, and I, I never really get any direct communications from source or anyone else. And uh, I think there's some kind of barrier or blockage that's stopping me. Connecting, and I wonder if there's any comments anybody could make about that. What I can mm-hmm. do to open the channels? Well, you, you know what? You should ask that question on Wednesday, okay? Okay. Because yes, because you would get a much fuller answer. Yeah, rather and, than cutting it short. Could spend time time. And you know, <laughs> this is let I know, Heiss, you've got something on there as well. Heiss and Gretchen are at the top yeah. of the list. Let me, let me just say something to Roger. You know, you know one of the things um, we talked about today was figuring out your lower nature. I say this to everybody because this is... This is uh, uh, a really something people avoid of honoring their lower nature and being able to understand that if you're denying your lower nature, you can be blocking your spiritual nature. Okay, they're not they're intertwined, and um, that you know. If, if that resonates with somebody, they should ask on a Wednesday. And, and usually it's like an area where you've chosen to avoid something 
because you've been burned previously in that particular activity, whatever it is, and uh, but you haven't mastered it yet. It's still running you. Even though you're avoiding it, it's still running you. And you have to figure out what it is and have the courage to, to go into it and see if it makes sense or ask a question about it on a Wednesday to see if they'll uh, concur, okay, or give you a tip to it. Because um, I know that's true from my own experience. I've done it myself in my own experience. And and um, and that's all. Now, somebody else wanted to say something. What was it? Hi. Hi. Thank you, Wes. This is Roger. Thank you. Okay. Um, anyways, it's Ken from Mississauga. I got to tell you, uh, um, my wife is big into astrology, and I used to always ask her, why does this happen? That doesn't work. And it was very interesting how you explained, you asked those questions today. And mm-hmm. uh, because uh, people, I, I, I'm a believer now, I wasn't when I met her in Crystal, but the cycles and, uh, no, it was very, very informative. Um uh, what you're asking. I don't think anybody's really asked those questions of the universal God. Uh, well, you know, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I was totally fascinated by astrology when I was younger. And I said, how can this work? How can this work? And it kind of blew me away when I understood it. Okay. And you know what? We have to get off the line right now. Okay. So uh, we, it's, they're, they're knocking us off the DBS any second. I just one other and, question here. One other question I have. Is, ter- is part of Terry's illness because of the, the host, the mold in that in the host, or whatever it is, or the environment? Or the what? Part of the cause of it. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. I've got a suggestion. I'm going to email you. I'm, I'm going to email you something. Uh, I get you to make your own spray, salt water spray with some essential oils in it. And okay. uh, and and I and I've done this for myself for uh, allergies, uh, for my mother. Um, it's, there's a commercial product, but you can make your own, or you can make it as strong as you. I'm going to take a suggestion. I'll email you or email someone. I Thank you. And free at yahoo.com. Yeah. Okay. All one word, Winfrey? Okay. I'll do that, then. I'll yeah. send you some. Just a couple. And, hey, Roger, Roger I, I wanted to tell Roger one thing, sure. and that is, Roger, if you did not have a spiritual nature and a higher awareness, you wouldn't be coming to our calls as long as you do, because you recognize the truth that's in it. And um, sooner or later, it's not that big a step to go into... Um, Going into your draging side, you know, and 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 see what happens. You might surprise yourself. Well, I've, okay, I've been studying and, uh, the metaphysical field since I was ten years old, so it's uh, it's mm-hmm. um, the knowledge is there, but the connection is not. So, well, the the connection is there. It is there. 